welcome to ATRA, Voices from the Field. This sustainable agriculture podcast is presented by the National Center for Appropriate Technologies, ATRA, the National Sustainable Agriculture Information Service, with support from the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service. Hi, I'm Heather Lingle with NCAT. In this episode, a livestock specialist with NCATS ATRA, the National Sustainable Agriculture Information Service, Linda Coffey at NCAT Southeast Regional Office in Fayetteville, Arkansas, talks with Ken Coffey, a ruminant nutritionist at the University of Arkansas, about strategies for winter ruminant feeding. Linda and Ken, who are married, have been raising sheep since 1986. They talk about a number of subjects, including feeding strategies, managing hay waste, assessing hay quality, protecting hay from winter weather, and nutrition and nutrition supplementation. Let's listen. Hi, I'm Linda Coffey, Agriculture Specialist for NCATS ATRA, the National Sustainable Agriculture Information Service in the Southeast Regional Office in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Today, I am so happy to be talking with Dr. Ken Coffey, ruminant nutritionist for the University of Arkansas, and also my husband. We have been farming together, raising sheep since 1986, and besides his professional credentials, Ken has a lot of practical wisdom to share. So um, today, I thought we would talk about winter feeding. We've just gone through a, a cold snap, really cold for us, and so I thought it might be good to talk about winter feeding concerns. So Ken, what are the main things you're paying attention to now? One of the main things right now is water and availability because that that's always a problem when the wet temperature gets down in the single digits or in, even in the low 20s. So um, we we're lucky we have a spot that we can run water into a stock tank and have a stock tank heater. And if that's a possibility, that works great because that way you don't have to worry so much about it. Otherwise, you have to bust ice. But you also keep in mind that if the sheep can get to water once a day, they'll drink enough to meet their needs. But water is a critical nutrient for them right now. If they don't drink enough, they don't digest their feed very well. Yeah. Can snow take care of their water needs? For sheep, it will, because they'll go out and they'll eat snow, and I've watched them a lot eating snow. Uh, sheep will also dig down underneath the snow and eat eat stockpile grass, so um, they're, they're, they're good at that. Goats, not so much, <laughs> but sheep will do a good job with that. Oh, good. So what's your next concern? I agree with you, by the way. Water is a big deal this time of year. I, my next concern is hay quality and and maintaining intake, and that is tough with small ruminants because they're so picky. Uh, another issue is uh, we buy round bales of hay, and and some people want to buy square bales, but per unit of co the cost per unit is is incredible on small square bales. So round bales are the way to go economically and understanding that you're going to have waste. But with that waste comes nutrients as well. Let's say, for example, you buy some hay that's 8% protein, or a 1,000-pound round bale has 13 pounds of nitrogen in it. Well, 
you know, if you waste some of that, that has nitrogen to go back into your soil. And so we've learned to manage when we're feeding hay to move it around a lot. For one thing, it doesn't make a mess um, all in one big spot. And it also helps spread the, the hay waste around the field to build organic matter around the field. And also it spreads the manure and urine out because they do defecate and urinate around that. So uh, it helps spread all of that out. And so we, we need to think about it in terms of holistic nutrient management. But it, it's hard to buy good quality hay because um, as hay matures and the tonnage increases, the quality goes down and that that's the big factor affecting forage quality is maturity but to somebody who's baling a field it's economical for them the more bales they get off that field spreads their cost out so so i understand why they bale forage more mature we just have to feed extra supplements to make up for that difference and there are some things that we've learned to do is we, we try to use hay rings that limit the ability for the sheep and goats to climb on it. Um, but if you do that, they're, they're going to be, sometimes you have to go out and pull out stems uh, away from the front so that the sheep can, and the goats can get their head in further to get back to the leaves again because the leaves are, are the more digestible uh, component that has more energy and protein in it. Um, uh, yeah, you know, with the way we feed, can we wrap a cattle panel around our um, big bale and as they eat into it, they can't reach anymore. It's really satisfying, I think, to pull down that hay from the top and slot it in so that now they can all reach hay and, and then they line up around it and it's just very satisfying. It feels like you call them to dinner. Well, yeah, and also I like to, as they eat on the edges, it does make it easier to peel off layers on the top and I like to take that over and spread it out along this, uh, in another area like along a fence and that way they go up and eat at it it's like watching them go up to a trough and mm -hmm. they seem to really tear into that after you give them some of that new stuff and and they seem to utilize that fairly well and don't waste so much so that's that's been a good way of, of getting them to eat more as well yeah uh, sometimes last year i remember we we took the ring off unrolled some of the bale. We don't have a big enough flock to unroll the whole bale. They'd waste a lot and, uh, you know, lay on it, particularly the goats would lay on it. And so we just put out some of it and then fastened the ring back around so that we protect the most of the bale. But balancing what can they get to, what will they eat, was we definitely want them to eat enough. Yeah, and that's what we've noticed. When, when we unroll it, they... The first thing they do is they they will walk right on top of it <laughs> as they're eating. And if they urinate, defecate, it's right on top of the hay. And that's why I like to take it over. Uh, we do have a few places where we have a barbed wire fence and or a field fence, woven wire fence. And so I can lay it up against that and they don't 
they don't stand on it there. Mm -hmm. And so that that's helped too, and that's helped reduce the waste. And if I put it on an up level, then as it rains and as those nutrients move, they're going to go downhill from there. So I like to put it on a fence that's uphill from where they're at. Yeah, that's good. I know uh, my coworker Dave Scott feeds his hay so that the animals are reaching their head through to get the hay. They can't walk on it. They can't lay on it. And that's a really good system if you can figure out how to do that. Yeah, so feeding hay, uh, how do you recommend producers protect their hay? You've already said a big bale might not be very good quality. How can we keep it as good as we can? Okay, um, yeah, lots of um, potential for waste in storage. Uh, somehow getting it covered is, is critical. But, and is some things that we've observed is some people like to stack it under a tree row, and that's an absolute disaster. <laughs> uh, we, we've had much more rot and mold when we've gotten bales that were stacked under under a tree row. Um, but um, trying to get it covered is, is a key to maintaining quality because you lose so much, uh, especially with sheep as, as particular as they are. If it gets moldy, they don't, they don't want to eat it. Cows will eat it better, but sheep won't. So um, keeping it stored inside, uh, if you have to store it outside, being able to store it on pallets, mm -hmm. being able to store it um, uh, on on a, a little band of gravel or something so that the water doesn't wick into it from the bottom. That's where you get so much of the loss is it picks up, it'll suck up moisture from the ground. And so, um, and then that whole area is going to be rotten and moldy because it, it never dries out. Yeah. So Ken, how do you assess hay? How, how do you know if it's good hay or isn't good hay? What are some things you look for? Well, look for leaf and stem. Does it have good leaves? Uh, does it have a musty smell to it or or does it smell does it smell like fresh hay there's a big difference um, we can pick up a musty smell pretty easily uh, but the big thing is the leaves because that's where the protein and the energy are and that's what the sheep are going to eat uh, they they are much more picky than cattle about eating stems. And the stems are very low quality and the digestibility is low. And, and that's going to fill them up and, and not let them eat the good stuff, the, the protein and the energy that they need. So uh, that's the first thing to look for. Color, if it's, if it's bleached out, um, that's, a, that's a bad sign. But, you know, the green color in the hay... Um, is another is another sign, um, but ultimately the way to test your hay is to take core samples of of a representative number of bales so that you um, so and send it off and get it tested, and then you know actual numbers that you can use to to meet their nutrient requirements. Yeah. So where do you how do you how do you do this? Say say you've got 
uh, 15 big bales in the barn. How, how many of those would you sample? How would you decide? Oh, there's some information on that and I, off the top of my head. I'm not sure, but if I, I would sample all that I could get to. <laughs> uh, I mean, you don't you, you, know, you don't have to sample all 15, but sampling half of them, if you can get to them, would be great. Um, you just want to make sure and get a representative sample. And there are, there are core samplers. Um, they have um, kind of saws on the, on the end of them that you know, put it on a drill and drill into it. You know, if you, the better, the deeper, the better, because that gets you a better representation of the whole bale. But you know, digging in 18 inches is is adequate, and uh, take a number of those samples, um, turn them into um, to uh, to a forage testing lab, and that works great. Well, I'm in luck because you are a ruminant nutritionist, but for our listeners who are not married to a ruminant nutritionist, what do they do when they get the, the sample report back? How can they get some help in figuring out what else they need for their sheep or their goats or their cattle? Well, the, the best way would be to go to probably your county, extent, start at your county extension mm-hmm. office. Uh, some states have more district extension offices. Start with start with them. And um, most of them have the ability to balance rations for people, and so they can help you out. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, balancing out energy and protein um, is, is critical because, you know, as... As those animals get further into pregnancy and start lambing, their nutrient requirements continue to increase. And if we don't, if they don't eat enough hay, uh, or if we don't balance that with the right kinds and right amounts of supplements, uh, they're going to they're not going to perform like they should. Well, yes, and the the concern that I feel is, especially for a ewe carrying twins. The space inside of her rumen is decreasing as those lambs are growing. So she needs more digestible feed than she did at the beginning. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, it's. Uh, those animals are created to, to be adaptable. And so they do some things like when, they, when it's necessary, they'll increase passage rate uh, to get rid of the undigested feed so that they can eat more because when they eat more that portion that's highly digestible um, they're going to get that part and then pass out the least the lesser digestible but yeah as they get as they get big there the last week or two yeah it it, it is it is going to restrict their intake yeah so supplementation is a big is a big thing. We, you just said we're going to need a supplement because of hay quality and because of needing to balance for the needs. How much? Uh, by the way, how much protein does a pregnant you? Sixteen percent? Or is that um, that much? They they've updated those requirements, but I, I think they're more like fourteen. And um, and the key is when we start supplementing meeting those needs but also feeding the right kinds of feeds because when that forage quality is low um, if we come in with a high starch type of um, 
feed stuff like corn, uh, we're going to cause some negative interactions in the rumen. And so uh, today we have access to a lot of byproduct feeds like distiller's grains and corn gluten feed and soybean hulls that are more, that have a lot more fiber, but the fiber is digestible. And so it really pays to to look at trying to feed more of those byproduct feeds because they do complement the rumen. And also, uh, distillers and corn gluten are both high in protein. So we get a lot of protein along with that digestible fiber. So um, so the the feedstuffs are out there. We just have to watch what we're what we're doing. And and oftentimes if we're feeding those supplements, um, protein isn't necessarily an issue anymore because they are high enough in protein. But again, that's where your county agent uh, your your extension professional can help you balance that out. That's a really good tip about the byproduct feeds, Ken. I appreciate you bringing that out. And I've heard you say over and over, when we start supplementation, we start slow and move them up gradually. Is that still an issue with these byproduct feeds? Yeah, some of it because it is because they they. They still have a lot of energy in them, and they can cause some digestive disorders. Uh, and some of them, actually, like corn gluten, a lot of those pellets are darker brown, and and there's uh, some acceptability issues with some of those feedstuffs. Distillers has a lot of fat uh, in a lot of those distillers grains, and so we have to still watch what we're doing, but. Uh, it's not as it, they don't have the potential problems of acidosis like the corn does, but uh, there's still other issues that we need to watch out for. So yeah, bringing them up, uh, bringing them up slowly is always a good idea when we're changing feeds. Yeah. Well, Ken, how do we know if our sheep or goats or cattle, for that matter, are getting enough feed here in the winter time? Well, that that's hard to tell because, um, like in our case, our sheep have wool, and the wool, uh, if the wool cover is good, that can hide a lot of body condition. And it, uh, the the way to really tell is to go in and get your hands on the animals and feel feel their backbone and feel kind of rub over the, back and forth over the ribs, kind of like a washboard and and feel how much fat cover they have. Um, that's the the only real way to tell because visual can lie to us. Yeah, yeah, so true. Well, you talked about uh, needs changing with um, production stage in that as they're getting closer to lambing, our ewes need more. And could you speak a few words about weather and its impact on their needs? Well, that I, I guess I don't have a good handle on. Um, on the cattle side, where um, a lot of good work's been done, they've shown that um, our animals are more adaptable than we give them credit for. Our sheep, for example, with their with their wool cover or, or thick hair cover, um, the ewes can do fine. It's the baby lambs that have the problem because they don't have that wool cover. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the the weather comes in. But 
they are going to expend a little more energy with because of the uh, maintaining their body temperature but um, I, I don't think it's going to be as big of an issue as as we would like to make it think. Well, good to know. Good to know. Well, thanks, Ken. What what have we what have we not covered? We talked about water and hay and supplementation. Is there anything any parting words you'd like to share with our listeners about winter feeding? Well, if you. If you balance your diets, you know, we, we have to be concerned about minerals as well. And um, and if we're using those byproducts, we particularly need to look at calcium and phosphorus because those byproducts like distiller's grains and corn gluten feed are, are very high in phosphorus and very low in calcium. And so it might be that we have to in a lot of cases we really need to supplement with more calcium uh, but the beauty of that is uh, a bag of ground limestone is is cheap mm-hmm. compared to paying for phosphorus um, calcium is a cheap nutrient so we can we can top dress that on the feed and meet those requirements easily we just need to know how much mm-hmm. um, and sometimes depending on how much of those byproduct feeds we're feeding uh, we may need to do that. So that that's something else. Uh, if we need, a lot of times we can buy, like in our case, uh, the companies are formulating uh, these bulk feeds with out of out of a mix of corn, distillers grains, corn gluten feed, wheat middlings, and soybean hulls, and that is uh, the. The, the tag value is 15% protein on that. Well, if we need a little extra protein, we can buy a bag of soybean meal and, and top dress. So those are ways that, that we, can, we can get away with it. And, you know, there's so much variation in how each of our animals utilizes nutrients. We can't, we kind of have to take the shotgun approach anyway. But... Um, but anyway, those are some extra things to be concerned about. You know, make sure that they have adequate salt and um, and and the macro and trace minerals. But again, your extension specialist can kind of help you depend on your area as to what you might need there. Awesome. So big points: test your hay, supplement to uh, make up for whatever your hay does not have for them but the focus is on forage always with our ruminants and uh, make sure they have water make sure they have the salt and the minerals that they need consult your extension person for help if you need some help with any of this is that about sum it up yeah yeah all right thank you the other thing i'd like to tell our listeners is we have a lot of atro publications that can be very helpful on this subject ken has gone into a lot of of information about feeding. Ruminant Nutrition for Graziers is a publication we have that goes into a lot of detail, explains about the rumen, explains about how to um, give the animals what they need. So that's a big one, Ruminant Nutrition for Graziers. I also want to say Sustainable Sheep Production, the Goat Overview, and Sheep and Goats Frequently Asked Questions publications also 
will be helpful. I'm teaching about the check sheet this week and there is a section in the check sheet that goes into evaluating hay. I'm talking about the small ruminant check sheet, of course. So please make use of the ATRA publications and of your extension people and call the ATRA specialists if you need more information. Thanks so much for, for talking this through with us, Ken. I really appreciate it. Glad to do it. Thank you for listening to ATRA, Voices from the Field. Depending on the platform you're listening on, if you can, be sure to rate us and leave a review or comment. For more information on this topic, you can contact Linda Coffee directly via email at lindac at ncat.org. That's L-I-N-D-A-C at N-C-A-T dot O-R-G. Also, in the notes below the podcast, we'll have links to the ATRA resources that Linda mentioned during the discussion and a link to a video showing Ken take a core sample of a hay bale. Please call ATRA with any and all of your sustainable agriculture questions at 1-800-346-9140 or email us at askanag at ncat.org. That's A-S-K-A-N-A-G at N-C-A-T dot O-R-G. Our two dozen specialists can help you with a vast array of topics, everything from farming planning to pest management, from produce to livestock, and soils to aquaculture. You can get in touch with them and find our other extensive and free sustainable agriculture publications, webinars, videos, and other resources at ATRA's website, www.atra.ncat.org. That's www.attra.ncat.org. We'll catch you next week, and until then, keep on farming.